On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, it is time for the brightest conversation in Hamilton podcasting. Lots of stuff to get to today. Everything from two-tier healthcare to COVID back at school and whether or not we expect there will be cases to license plates that the province of Ontario have banned, which many of them I don't get at all. Eh, We'll try and sort it out. Stick with us. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Interesting little story from North Carolina this week. A, uh, a guy driving a Tesla with autopilot, one of those automatic drive cars, was sitting in his car watching a movie, and predictably, the car went haywire. <laughs> now, nobody was hurt, which is why I can laugh, but the, the auto drive system apparently went a little bit bonkers. And of course, the car crashed right into a police cruiser <laughs> while the guy is watching a movie in his car. Not exactly how they are designed to operate. Let me bring in Mike Fortune from Cable 14 who joins me on the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio this Friday night. Michael, um, are you ready to get behind the wheel of an autopilot, auto-driving car, or does this kind of story make you decide I'm still going to steer for the next few years? I like to be in full control, so I am quite uh, comfortable handling my own steering wheel, gas and brakes and gears, the whole works. Um, I, I'm not ready for it. I, f- I find your story fascinating because who is at fault? If this is an autonomous vehicle where the driver doesn't have to drive, is he at fault for the crash or is it the maker of the car? Well, he has been charged. So this he guy has, has been, charged. been charged with um, violating the move over law and watching television while operating a vehicle. And now I'm not sure... The- isn't that what the Tesla allows you to do? I've heard of people reading while the car is auto driving, right? So I, I'm curious if you got a lawyer involved, how this would maybe spin out. Yeah, I, I now I've not driven one of these. As I say, I really don't have any intention anytime soon of doing this. Um, a couple things. I, I, I suspect that there's a chance that even as he was watching the movie, that maybe he bumps the steering wheel or something, or he does something that overrides the auto unintentionally that then puts him into that situation. I, I really don't know. Something had to have happened because you're, you're right though. If it was, if it was just a computer glitch that caused this thing to go haywire, it's a great question about who's responsible. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think he should probably, if he hasn't already get on the phone, talk to his lawyer, get in touch with the Tesla company and, and, and start to have some discussions because the, the, as, as great as autonomous cars and these driverless cars, I think are going to be in the future. Um, they are going to pose a lot of legal questions and, and laws and maybe have to be rewritten. It's, um, but no, as for me wanting to get behind the wheel, two hands, ten and two, check my blind spots, and I enjoy driving. It, it's not a hassle for me. I enjoy being behind a wheel and, and taking control. When the day comes that we have more and more cars that are autonomous and the technology becomes better and better so that we really can feel even more comfortable with it. Are you going to have to have a driver's license to be in a car? Interesting question. Um, I I think you'll still need to have some sort of driver mentality or driver know-how in case there is a failover potentially from the, the autopilot or whatever you want to call it to where you have to hold onto the wheel and hit the gas and the pedal. I still think there are rules that you will need to know. So yes, I think you will need to have a driver's license and the unfortunate thing about this is, you know, you and I, and, and I'm sure 99% of your listeners, we all know, we all learned how to drive a car properly. What's it going to look like when kids in another 15, 20 years are taking driving lessons and actually trying <laughs> to learn in these vehicles? W- what do you teach them? I, it, it, it's kind of fascinating. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, if you are, look, we now with math, for example, in school, now that you can take your cell phone your smartphone into class who needs to know how to do the multiplication tables and because i've got a calculator with me at all time i think it'll apply the same way if the day comes we can say right now yeah you need to know how to do this but if the day comes that more and more cars don't require you to have to drive and you can just plop yourself into it i'm sure there's going to be a lot of people saying why do i need to learn how to do that i can just press the button and type in the address on the gps and away i go and, and, you know, quick little story, kind of on the same line. My, my son finished grade nine French, and, and he got a really, really good mark. And I go, Jaden, 
I go, I hardly saw you study for French. I hardly saw you do much work for it. How did you get such a good mark? It's Siri. He had Siri just convert everything for him. So he was able to do his assignments and homework, no problem. He goes, I was prepared for my tests, but being able to talk to Siri, have her help me, actually helped the learning process. But Siri basically passed French for him. I think you mean Siri. Oh, yes, Siri. Yes. Yeah, you got to say it with the guttural, Siri. <laughs> yes, Alexa. But yeah, that's what technology is doing. It's, it's, it's very beneficial. You can find some shortcuts. It helps people learn differently. It helps people drive differently. Um, but always, I think, always be prepared. Nothing beats old school learning how to drive, old school knowing how to do long division, math in your head, so on and so forth, because that can always be your fallback. Unfortunately, I think we're going to be seeing less and less of that as technology continues to advance at such a rapid rate. Yes, as you said, always be prepared. I, I just spontaneously, without thinking, Rose brought two fingers up to the side of my head and said, dib, dib, dib. <laughs> dob, dob, old, dob. Boy, old, old Cub Scouts thing popping out of there. Always be prepared. Always be prepared. Um, That's right. Yeah, and, and you know what, we got to go to a break here, but yes, everything is great until the internet goes out, and then we're all running around like a bunch of morons, like, I don't know what to do now, I can't add, I can't drive, I can't do French, what do I do? I can't even no. call someone because I don't know their phone number, you well, know? That, that's a whole other thing, that is a yeah. whole other, you're absolutely right, I don't even barely know my own cell phone number, I don't know my <laughs> wife's cell phone number, if I lose my phone and she decides not to come home one day, I literally, Mike, have no way to reach her. Maybe you got to get it tattooed on on your index think, finger or something. I think I should do something. Yeah, I'll just write it on my leg every morning. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Mike Fortune joins me from Cable 14, a regular here. We love having Mike along. Um, Mike, in the news break, before we came on to the air today, uh, Ted Michaels was doing the news and we heard a clip from Dr. Teresa Tam, the medical officer for Canada, medical officer of health, our top doctor, Saying, you know what, when kids go back to school, there are going to be cases of COVID. So prepare yourself for that. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's out there. And yet I get the sense that not just here in Ontario, where there's been criticism of Doug Ford, I get the sense that across the country in every province, the first time we hear a report of some kid coming down with COVID, there is going to be mass panic and fingers being pointed at everybody all over the place. You agree? Yeah, it's really a no-win situation, uh, I, I think, as we go into a new school year. Um, I do like, I, I, I listen, I know they've had lots of time to kind of prepare, and people are saying it's too late and you're not giving enough notice. But, geez, come on, this is, this is so new. Um, I feel for the parents. I feel for the teachers. I feel for the kids. And I do agree, there will be a lot of finger-pointing at, at, at levels of government. That's who's going to get all the finger-pointing, and I'm sure the school boards will at the same time, I, I, I hope majority of us, Scott, can all kind of keep a level head. Um, but we all know what social media does, and that fuels the fire at the same time. So we in our household are talking to our kids on a regular basis. I'm sounding like a broken record. When you go back, it won't be normal. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. Be a leader, you know. Be that leader within your group of friends or socially distanced group of friends and, you know, just do what you can. And if something happens, we'll deal with it internally and we'll kind of go from there. But there will be cases. Uh, Dr. Elizabeth Richardson mentioned that last night on my show with the, the mayor's virtual town hall on cable 14 last night. There will be cases. Be prepared. And yet, as I say, I, I think there is a a sense that even a single case that pops up in school will be seen as a failure either by the school or by the province or by somebody, by a parent for letting their kid go to school, whatever the case may be. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I wonder how much of that is fair. I mean, I, I suppose that if we have an outbreak, if there's a, a huge number all of a sudden, I think in one of the states, and I can't remember which one it was, the kids started going back to school and they had a huge number that popped up. If that's the case, uh, yeah, I can absolutely say that there could be pointed fingers. But if there are one or two, would it be fair? It, would that be a fair response? Whether, again, whether it's at the teacher in the classroom or the janitor for not cleaning right or whatever, because it's inevitable that it's going to happen, I think. It, I think it all depends on how 
quickly it is responded to and how proactive and reactive you can kind of be. I, I th- can you be proactive and reactive at the same time? I think you can, but that's, that's what it's going to take. And communication is going to be absolutely crucial, um, whether you're in the public or Catholic boards, with the teachers, through the principals, and to the parents. That is going to be key. And, again, I get we're all ter- – you know, I, I'm going to say, you know, five, six months ago – we were all terrified about this. You know, I would walk into the city council chambers or the Cable 14 studios and the mayor and the EOC would be there, and it was almost somber. But as we are learning more and more, the conversations can be a little bit lighter now because we have the PPE, because we're more familiar with what we do need to do, how to protect ourselves, and because we have done one of the best jobs, I think, in North America, if not uh, at least in North America, in containing this and making sure that the numbers are down. So, yes, it's going to happen, but I think we all just need to be aware and be cautious and, and, and not to add fuel to the fire when and if, not if, when cases do enter our school systems. It has been a question for me all along with this, and it's not just about school, but as far as going back to some form of normal or walking around without masks anymore or whatever, when will that happen? And I'm not you know, I mean, I understand that this stuff is still going on, but do we need to have a count of zero for months and months before that becomes a realistic thing? Is is, is zero the only number that is acceptable? Because it translates to schools as well. I mean, if there is zero cases, as unlikely as that may be, is that the only thing that will make people believe that it's okay to have kids back at school or or... Is there a number that we look at and say, yeah, you know what, again, even the experts are saying one or two or five or ten are going to happen? Well, I, again, I can't look into my crystal ball and guess that, and, and I don't know. I, I think what we need to continue to do is listen to the experts, the TAMs and the Richardsons and, and all that stuff, and, and, and gather our information from there. And with their cool, calm demeanor and how they are presenting things, I think that is what is going to continue to lead us through this. COVID is a thing that we've been told over the last, uh, I'm going to say, week or so, expect to live with this for quite some time. So I don't think we will ever see that number zero, but I do think if we continue to practice everything that we are being told to do, um, things can be contained and we will be able to expand our bubbles and maybe hopefully get back to a better uh, than normal at some point. As for wearing masks for quite some time, it is now wired in my head, Scott, that I'm just accepting the fact that I have to wear a mask when I go to malls or restaurants, whatever the case might be, um, and, and I abide by whatever rules various locations have that I have to go into. So it's, it, it's, it's the way it is right now, Scott, and that's what we have to do. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Just been talking about the inevitability of covid showing up in schools when they open schools. And I I don't know that that's a sign of a bad plan or a good plan or whatever. It's, it's just inevitable that it's going to show up at some point. And Mike, what I really am interested in when I heard this, and we sort of, we, we both agree that it's inevitable. Dr. Tam was on, as I say, on the news today, and she is saying, yeah, you know what, there's going to be some cases, but up until today, this is the first time that I've heard anybody in an official position that I can remember saying it's going to happen. It's not a disaster if it happens a few times because it's inevitable, but it's going to happen. So brace yourself. Should doctors, medical people, politicians, school board people, should everybody up to this point have been more blunt to prepare parents a little bit better for what is almost certainly going to take place? Well, I Again, we live in this world of adding fuel to the fire in social media. So if, you, if you're going to be blunt right from the get-go, I think you're going to instill a lot of fear. Um, I think speaking in cautious terms is, is an easier way to go and makes a little bit more sense. So you are not causing mass hysteria. Um, and as we are getting closer to this, now we can start to talk about, and because they're also still learning about this disease and what is going to happen, and they're looking at trends. So now that they've come out, they've studied, they see what's going on even more, they understand it more, so now they can be more blunt. I don't think you want to be blunt right from the get-go and put fear and panic. I think 
what we've been able to do here, the politicians at all levels and the doctors have been able to be honest with us, be frank with us, and also caution us. And now they're saying, look, this is how it's going to be. You look at how bars and restaurants are opening and you're hearing about cases there. Listen, I think when it comes to our children, I think when it comes to our teachers, you know, this isn't about making money But when we send our kids to school. So we're not going to be trying to cram people in. I think the teachers, the janitors, the principals, they're all going to take that extra um, step of caution to ensure that we are doing the best that we can. And, you know, to be blunt right from the get-go, no, I don't agree with that at all. I like how things have been done so far. All right. And I disagree a little bit. And I agree with you on the part about the janitor. I think everyone's going to be doing teachers, janitors. Everyone's going to be doing their very best to keep the place clean. But I see, I would have been a little more blunt and I would have set it up right off the bat going, look, we're trying to create a program that is as safe as possible but it's not like we can create a zero-sum game here. So don't expect that there will be no cases. And the reason I say that is because let's say that it's three days into the school year and we get our first reported case and all of a sudden the news is now saying, oh, a case of COVID broke out somewhere. This, if you've not at least set people up for the likelihood that this is going to happen at some point, to me, what it does is create way more panic because look, the whole thing is falling apart. Now I can't send my kid to school anymore as opposed to, all right, let, let's, let's, let's wait and see what happens from here and see if this becomes an outbreak or just a, an isolated case. But I, I, I think we just, have to, we just have to look at our friends from the South. We, we know it's going to happen. The question is, how do we stop it from happening as poorly or the biggest numbers that have happened in the States? We know what's going to happen. We know it's going to do happen we? in restaurants. Do we? Of course we do. We, we in do schools? know what's going to happen. Look what happened in the States. I, and, I know. And we're, we are being far, far, far more cautious and aware than they are. So, yes, it's going to happen. We have the proof. So why be completely blunt? Unless you're living under a rock and unaware of anything that's going on in this world, when schools reopen, expect there to be cases, but you don't have to start mass hysteria about it, I think, right from the beginning. Cautiously, let us know what the plans are. We're learning what plans are. We're trying to make changes, pivoting, adapting, whatever you want to throw out there. And now it's like, look, we're a couple of weeks away. Expect that there might be some cases. And if it happens within the first three days, how are we going to react and respond to it? We're not putting in thousands of kids without masks like they did in the States. I hope... They have proper procedures and protocols put in in the schools too. keep to the right of the hall, keep to the left, walking down, all those little things you can do to help. I am slightly less optimistic than you that most parents, and I'm not insulting the parents, but that most parents have given a lot of thought to the fact that it's probably going to occur some places. I, I think a lot of people have kind of put it in their head that, this better not happen at school or else. And, and I, and I, again, I mean, it's no different than the flu in some ways showing up at school, you know, that's going to happen and that's a reality. And you know, this is, I know it's a, it's a different scenario. Uh, I know it's a different thing than the flu, but you can't say we're never going to have a case of the flu. If, if you are, if you are a parent and you are that obtuse to think that this is not going to have a bit of a breakout or something, or something will happen potentially in one of the school boards at one of the schools, then I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't even know what to say to that person. Don't be so naive. You know, I understand you need to get back to work. You can't find childcare. You're doing everything you can to get your kids back to school so you can pay the mortgage and the rent and all that. I get that. But you have to understand that this probably will happen. It's how you respond and react to it to ensure that it doesn't take off like wildfire again. So any parent out there thinking that it won't happen, um, you're, 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 you're setting yourself up for failure already. And I would not want to be on that household, um, hmm. when it, when a letter comes home or you get a, a call from the school board, then that that's going to be the video of the person running around with their arms waving, like in the kids TV show, ah! you know, just <laughs> full on panic. There's a case, yeah, there's a case. Ah, yeah. I mean, look, we're not, we're making fun. I'm not making fun of the situation itself, but I mean, you're right. I, I, I would hope that everybody, we got to go to a break here. I would hope that everybody is aware that it's essentially impossible to have zero cases, but that doesn't, I don't think necessarily mean that the whole thing has failed. If there are a handful of cases that pop up 
across the province. We'll see. We'll see. And, and if it's if it's a lot of cases, that's an entirely different story. That's an entirely different story if that happens. Right. We're, we're having a different conversation. And, you know, two, three, 100%. I, think, I think we'll be able to, I know you got to go, I think we'll be able to start to see things really quickly within the first month of school, how well things have been put into place. Is it not like a new car in a sense? When you drive the car off the lot, if there's a real problem with the car, you're probably going to find out in the first few days. And I think that's in a lot of ways going to be similar with, with the school. If an outbreak happens, probably there's a good chance it'll happen right off the bat when everyone's finally together. Not necessarily, but we should, you're right. We should know this reasonably, reasonably soon. You're listening to the Scott Radley show podcast on 900 CHML. Mike fortune sipping on some red, red wine. Perhaps I can't see him. I don't know. Maybe has a wine skin there that he's just slurping on while he talks between commercial breaks. Um, I don't even pour it in a glass. I just got a big straw right to the bottom of the bottle. I thought you were going to say to the bottle, the bottom of the box. <laughs> hey, don't don't knock boxed wine. It's got me through many a weekend. <laughs> Let me ask you this: We have been reading uh, since, well, probably more recently, as we've begun to get through the meat, perhaps, of the COVID situation, and hospitals now realize that some of the precautions they were taking to clear rooms and clear beds in case of a full-on disaster didn't happen. But that meant that a lot of procedures were put off and hospitals are now way behind. A lot of people who had procedures to be done um, are now struggling. And we were already dealing with a system that there were long delays to get a lot of things done unless it was a real emergency. So let me throw a little sacrilege at you right now. We've heard the Trudeau government say, we're, this is the time to change an awful lot of things in our society. They've said in September when they come in with their budget, they're going to be proposing lots of new things to take advantage, not take advantage, but you know, do something different while we're in this spending moment. Let me throw another one at you that maybe we want to think about, which again is sacrilegious in this country and especially in this province, I know. Is it time, Mike to contemplate the idea of a two-tiered healthcare system in this province. And very quickly, let me say why, and then I'm going to let you answer. We have so much of a wait list. If you want to have a second tier, a private tier, where someone can pay a premium to whomever, not to the public system, you've got a second system, gets them out of the way so that people who are in the public system, the lineup is much, much shorter and they can get dealt with more quickly. What about the idea? I think any idea should be put on the old whiteboard right now and looked at and given some serious consideration. Um, you know, elective surgeries were all pushed back for a reason. Um, could you imagine had COVID, well, with, with COVID happening and we just continue to kind of move forward as necessary, the, how, how much worse things potentially could have been? Um, I'm not going to say whether I like the idea or not of a two-tier system, but I definitely do think it should be discussed. Um, if it does help ease up um, operating rooms and beds, then it, it's not necessarily a bad idea. But you really have to take a deep dive into this and ensure that you're doing it for the right reasons um, and, and, and not letting those less vulnerable or let those less financially um, astute to, to go by the wayside. There still has to be some sort of even keel response to this where you are still getting in the surgeries for those that have the coin and who don't and any discussion is good and then be able to to take a look at that model and be a little flexible to make changes where necessary and look i i'm not arguing that you have one tier where people with money can leap to the front of the line and it's still one line and you can just bump the people down. I, I that, that would not in any way fly with me. But if you have a separate hospital or whatever, and you want to pay, it's not government funded, it's privately funded, and you're willing to pay, let's say you need to have a, a, a knee replacement. And let's say there, I don't know how, I mean, this is com- these numbers are completely made up off the top of my head, Mike. I have no idea if they're remotely close. But let's say right now there are 500 people in Hamilton who are waiting on a knee replacement. And you decide, you know what, I want mine so badly, I'll go to the private hospital and I'll pay $25,000 to get it done rather than waiting two years in pain in the public system. 
not only can you get it done, but let's say of those 500 theoretical people, let's say 50 do that. Well, that's 50 fewer people in the line now. So all those people in the public system, the lineup goes faster and they can get in. I, I, I don't see a huge downside to it, but I absolutely know that even discussing it causes some people's heads to explode. One would hope that would be the case, but in, but if we're going to throw a number out there of $25,000, and again, I know we haven't done the math and we're not economic majors and all that, I don't know too many people that can just, who have $25,000 just sitting in their bank account saying, yeah, this is something that I want to do. It, it's it's truly for the extreme people that, that have the coin to spend. And they have to remember, there are people out there that have a lot of coin that don't even want to spend it on that type of thing anyway. They're just like, you know what, I can live with the pain. There's meds out there. I have a doctor. He's giving me prescriptions. So th- there's a lot, I think, that needs to be discussed and looked upon if, if it truly does make sense. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. We are chatting about two-tiered healthcare and the idea of a two-tiered healthcare system. If you're just joining us, I hope that just mentioning that doesn't require you needing healthcare because you suddenly had an aneurysm. The point that we're making and discussing is, especially because of COVID, but even before COVID, we have such long delays, such a long wait list to get so many surgeries. And I've thrown out the idea that if we had a private system as well, that you could pay a premium amount to say, I'll go and get this done. It's not covered by your OHIP. You're paying for this. Yes, it would allow rich people to get their medical stuff done quicker. That causes people to get upset. But it would also take a bunch of people, presumably out of the lines and shorten the lines in the public care lines for people who need that. And Mike, you said just before the break, well, yeah, I don't know how many people have 25,000 bucks and we're just choosing a number out of our hat, but uh, you know, a significant number, whatever that's going to be. I think if you were in pain because you've got an arthritic knee or some really bad knee, there are some people who would say, you know what? I either have savings or I'll take a loan because I don't want to have to wait two or two and a half years. And I'm willing to pay and take a debt to make that happen. I, I bet you there are people out there who would do it. I'm sure there 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 are those people out there, but then there on the flip side of the coin, Scott, there is that whole other part of our population, and we've talked countless times about affordable housing and and basic income and 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 living wage that that don't even have that option that can't even get a loan at a bank that has have poor credit, whatever the case might be and and I would hate for something like this to be implemented, and because there is a sector and of course I don't know where all this money would go to. You don't want to start passing over the people that also really do need it but can't afford it. Um, and, and instead of be taking that $25,000 as the number that we just kind of pulled out of the sky. And I would be very afraid that officials and high-ranking people will be looking at their pocketbooks and how to pad that bottom line as opposed to really truly helping people. And I think you would get a lot of pushback um, oh, you would. Who, who oh, are you would. looking after the less vul- more vulnerable, I should say. Absolutely, you would get pushback. And absolutely, you would have arguments that this is going to leave people behind and everything else. And, and uh, you said right off the top of this, you would have to look at this very hard. In no way would I endorse or even entertain the discussion if it somehow meant that the system that we have now is diminished and we're going to have fewer hospitals or fewer doctors because, hey, now we've got a private system, we can have a lot less doctors in the public. I'm talking about what we have now, adding to that, complementing that with this private thing so that anybody who decides they can afford it or want to afford it and go get it done clears more space. In no way am I arguing that somehow this takes the place of the public system. And so nobody gets left behind. My fear and concern would be, though, that money talks louder and that over time that would actually be more of the case. And, and, And I would be concerned about that. And you would have maybe less doctors wanting to work uh, for, for the regular hospital and get into their own private practices, and then it, and and then what do you do? Then you have a shortage of doctors, and, and we already have that, right? So it, it's it's a very sticky conversation, but I think it's a conversation that maybe needs to be had, and it, you have to be flexible. You have to be able to adapt and ensure that this is something that will make sense. Do I ever see it truly happening though here in Canada? No, I, I don't. But 
anything's up for conversation, I think. Probably not. But is there a reason why we have to have a shortage of doctors? And I'm being very serious. When you look at, say, McMaster, which is a renowned medical school, they take only X number of students every year into their medical program. But I have, one year, many, many years ago, I was talking with someone who was on the committee that looked at the resumes, the applications. And the person told me they were legitimately taking one out of every 20 that really was competent and probably could get into the school. I mean, the people who are applying are generally brilliant people. And so could universities around Ontario not say, you know, what, we're going to expand our medical school and pump out a few more doctors and help to keep this. If there are more jobs now, we can produce more doctors and they can be paid and they can be working. But then that all comes down down to funding and such. And, you know, and to, to be a doctor, you can't just be, be getting by. You have to be the best of the absolute best. And, you know, then you have to look at, at at intake in in universities, and I understand what you're saying, but can can universities actually take on more students? Can you have more lecturers and professors to actually teach? Can you get enough time put in for the the the, the residencies and all this stuff? Like it's just such a huge, massive undertaking that I can see why the numbers are so low. You can only bring in so many per year. It, it's and and it's a it's it's not like you you study for three years and you're in you go. It's a long haul as well. So again, it it goes back to grassroots. It comes down to money. It comes down to space. It comes down to professors. It, it's it's not just a simple fix. It is. I'd love to hear from you what you think about this idea. Whether you think it's entirely offensive to even mention two tier, and some people would say yes, it absolutely is. Or if it would be something you would say, you know, it would require very careful manipulation of how we do this. But I'm open to the concept. Send me a note, Radley at nine hundred chml dot com. R A D L E Y Radley at nine hundred chml dot com. I would love to hear from you. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on nine hundred chml. Let me bring in Mike Fortune again, uh, Mike from Cable 14, who has been with us. You have seen a lot of Mike over the last number of months, especially as he was doing the mayor's town halls with the COVID and a bunch of other things. And uh, we enjoy any time we can get Mike to come on the show. So, Mike, you know what? It has been one of those weeks where I think a lot of people have been feeling a little beaten down and heavy laden, like it's been a um, it's been a weighty week this week. There's been a lot of stuff going on. Would you agree? Uh, a thousand percent. You just have to turn on the news and even the sports channels. Everything's heavy right now. Everything is heavy right now. So you know what? Let's not have heavy for this last hour. At the bottom of the hour, I said we're going to do the screen test. Before then, let me go to something that I came across a couple days ago. And this is, in the grand scheme of things, as unimportant as anything possibly could be. And yet people somehow have made this into a big deal. The Ontario government, of course, the transportation ministry has the say, when you go in and you decide you want to order a personalized license plate, you can't get any license plate you want. First of all, it can't be gone already. They can't have two of the same one, but they do say no to some plates theoretically because they're offensive. That's really why they would or are supposed to turn down license plates because they are offensive. They don't want people having bad words on there or something else. I want to go through some of the plates though this year that have been rejected because I think this rejection of a bunch of these is showing that whoever it is at the Ministry of Transportation who's saying no needs to extract the pickle from their butt because a lot of these I'm thinking, come on. Starting with a series, this is 2020. We've talked about it already on the show, the year of COVID. So somebody, if you went to, if you went in and said, I want a license plate that says either 19 COVID, COVID, COVID XIX, no COVID. Is there anything offensive about any of those license plates? I, I think you would be offending people who have lost someone to this disease. Yes. No uh, COVID? No COVID? Yeah, because I, I, I think it's just it's it's just a reminder. Um, I I don't disagree with them saying um, we're we're going to exempt these ones and these ones are not allowed. I I think it could be very very hurtful to some people. Bring back uh, some flashbacks, no doubt. I think no COVID or there's another one here that uh, it's a little bit rude, but FK COVID. Uh, you can read that your own way at home, not yeah, yeah. you. Not Don't say that one on the air, please. Um, but anything that's anti-COVID or against COVID, I just, I can't see how that 
even someone who's had it or lost someone could say, oh, they're mocking me. Uh, to me, that's, you know what, I, I have no problem with that, but okay. Um, not allowed. Somebody rec- requested and was turned down for a license plate that took a word from a prime ministerial press conference and wanted the license plate that said moistly. They well, said, no, you can't have moistly. I, and I, I can understand that one as well. I can, because that can be referred to in, well, different, different ways, no doubt. And we'll just leave that to your I, Okay, but everybody, well. I think everybody knows what the reference is in this one. The, you know, we're... They, they might know it now, but let's look at the lifespan of a license plate. 15, 20 years, maybe? Is it still going to make sense 20 years from now? You know? And maybe that's part of the reason why they look, they're look they looking at saying no to some of this stuff as well. You look at the lifespan of a license plate. Well, the lifespan of a license plate on, on our car is not very long. I don't know what they're making them out of now. I think it's out of, uh, I don't know, cheap tin and kool-aid crystals or something because it's paper mache oh man the 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 prisoners in prison are not working hard enough these days on the license plates they've slacked off on how they make them they're made they're crap now and i'm not even talking about the new ones the old ones they're crap i was gonna say hard to believe six seven months ago the the big topic of conversation was the blue and white license plates funny how times have changed eh? (laughs) well my my wife had to get hers replaced because it was we didn't have one of the new blue and white ones we had one of the white and blue ones that had become the white and white ones because the blue peeled off yeah the 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 paint and the way it's uh, cured on is uh is not the best process anymore that is for sure I'm telling you, those prisoners got to be made to work harder to get these plates done, to bang them out. Uh, okay, here's some that uh, that you're not allowed to have. And again, uh, I see absolutely nothing wrong with this because this is almost a little bit of a poke at the government in a fun way. I hate 401. Well, you know why they won't allow that because I know why the government. So I, I get why they're not going to want that out there. It, it's bad advertising for as you're driving around, you know, it's, it's, you, 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 I get that one as well. I, I, I see why they do not want that there, Scott. I, Mike, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't think you were the guy working there. I thought you were the guy who said, no, come on, lighten up. Let's have a little sense of humor here. Um, all right, here's one. <clears throat> um, well, we have in this country, whether you like it or not, whether you agree or not, we have legalized cannabis in this country. Mm-hmm. And if we as a country have legalized cannabis, the government has said directly, there's nothing wrong with this stuff. It's perfectly fine. So why have cannabis, dank dad, uh, 420 blaze, stoner, why have those been denied? Probably I got no problem of, with it. If, if we're saying it's legal, then it should be legal. I, I can see the 420 blaze and the stoner because that's the slang to it. You know, I, I, they're kind of clever. And then how they're probably put, how they're worded or, or lettered together, at least. Um, I, I've always looked at 420 as kind of a, you know, it's, we all know it's April 20th. That's the day you can go out and binge and go crazy. W- would you Would you want to have license plates that say, uh, whiskey or, 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 or beer bong on it. You, you probably can't even well, have those as well. Well, those, speaking of those. Are they there? So rejected was Hennessy. Um, <laughs> well, sangria, name brand, I think. sangria with the both A's spelled with a number four. Cause I guess sangria was already gone. I don't know if, if, See, uh, if that's I, the case, then. I have no issues with sangria. I think that it would be a great one. And that, that that's, <laughs> Hey, that, I love that one. How about hangover, but and the last E is a three because I guess the E was already gone, which again says someone probably has hangover as a license, and now we just turned it around and made it a three and made it a hangover, although it's easy to understand. They said, no, you can't do that. Um, let's keep going here. Uh, some of these I have to, okay, so there are some in here. I'm not arguing that none should be rejected. Uh, there are some in here under the hateful category which i'm not even going to share just let your imagination run wild and you can figure out what they are and i i i'm looking at these going yeah i got no problem with some of these although there's one two pardon me there's two that fall into human rights discrimination rejection 
All right. Think about that one for a second. Human rights discrimination. What I mean, imagine how horrible a license plate and, and offensive and disgusting the message on a license plate must be to fall into the rejection under human rights discrimination, Mike. I mean, just your mind wanders. You just here's what here's a two of them that are listed under human rights discrimination. H H eight Bruins. Hate Bruins. And the other one is Habs H8R, Habs Hater. How can you possibly in this country say having a license plate that says Habs Hater is human right discrimination? I guess it's 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 just it's the connotation. You know, hate is a very, very strong word. Right. Well, we can't fit disliker in a license plate. <laughs> it's too long. <laughs> yeah, I think it comes down to I've seen lots of ha- different types of Habs plates. Um, but when you throw in the word hate, I can see how that one is is rejected. You know, it's it's uh, people are very sensitive to things, Scott, and I appreciate that the government is actually kind of uh, aware of that. They're they're astute to that type of thing. Disagree. If you want to have a sports one that pokes fun at a team, I like. Uh, anyway, okay, let's continue on here um, into the body parts area although some of these i find just very funny again well, that, i'm not uh, i think these would be actually very funny and clever maybe maybe part of it is too they don't want you to be completely distracted by the plates as they're well, whizzing by you so maybe that's why they're not even allowed as well Well, speaking of whizzing by you <laughs> <laughs> there's one they rejected one called a wee wee um they rejected crapper although i mean look i don't know why you reject crapper uh, it, I don't know who wants crapper as your license plate that I have a lot of questions about who <laughs> thinks that's how they want to be identified. But nonetheless, um, this one, I bet this was a urologist who tried to get this one. Dr. PP. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And, and, you know, we can go right to a Seinfeld episode there regarding a yeah. certain proctologist well, episode, right? That's absolutely true. Um, my Cialis, not allowed to have that one. <laughs> That, see, that's actually kind of funny and clever. I like that one. I thought so too, but um, you, letter U, naughty, not allowed to have that one. I do like Dr. PP though. If you were a urologist, that's a funny license plate to have. And I, and like, honestly, if anyone, of all the words and phrases and descriptions of the male organ, calling someone a PP, it's impossible not to giggle when someone says that's your PP. I'm sorry. It's just a funny thing. It no is. one could be offended by that. And, you know, right if, if someone really wants to put this type of messaging on their vehicle, if you can't get it on a license plate, why don't you just be a little creative and put it on your back window of your minivan through those stickers or whatever nowadays. Yeah, get the car wrapped, you know, those the- those those wraps that put her on the car. I don't know what kind of art you're putting on the car if you're Dr. Peepy. <laughs> that, that would really be distracting. I could think of a few things, and you can use, you can probably uh, engage the muffler as part of it as well, so... Um, all right, let's move on from my, <laughs> let's move on from body parts. Although again, I found that one very funny, very clever, uh, not allowed C E R B not allowed, uh, R B Serb Serb. You can't have Serb as a license plate. Now, again, why you would want it. Maybe you, you, maybe you saved your Serb and bought your car with it and you're thanking the government for their donation to your transportation. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, n- here, no two number two no to war how is it how possibly could anyone be offended by someone saying no to war would the government be okay if you said please more war i think a no to war would be a very good message to be driving around with i agree with you on that it's it's hey let's get the message out there let's let's not be fighting let's not be at war folks uh b- by the way you asked about serb there's another one i missed it earlier thx thanks serb someone who probably did buy their car with Serb. Uh, surprisingly to no one that the government would not allow taxes suck. Um, the... See, again, I like that one. That's a clever one. Well, yeah. Because it's true. <laughs> it, it, is, uh, it is true. Now, okay, um, there's now a whole other category that was not allowed that was referring to either violence or gang lingo or stuff. And again, I'm okay with that one. That one to me seems like it's unnecessary. And, you know, I don't know that we want to have 
as I say, gang lingo or gang jargon or violent stuff on the back of it. Um, okay, let me continue though. These ones, truly, most of these could not, cannot for the life of me figure this out, Mike. Of all the other ones we've talked about, most of the other ones, you can you can make a case, although you and I disagree in a lot of them, but whatever. Super dad. Super dad is not allowed. I would I would definitely agree with that one. Why not? I'm a, you're a super dad. I, I think that's a great one. Now, that one is spelled with the... So he, here's the thing. They say that one of the reasons is for clarity or readability. Super dad was spelled F... Oh, sorry, not F. <laughs> at five. I was thinking of... I was mixing up. Number five, numeral five as the S for super dad. But when you look at it, I'm looking at it right now and a, a drawing of it, it looks like a five with super dad. No one's going to be confused. And if a cop is behind, if the idea is, well, a cop behind the car would misread that. I, I, I really don't believe so. I think our cops are able to read. I, I think, I think a, uh, an officer of the law could mistakenly, if it was just a regular plate with four letters and three numbers could accidentally get a wrong letter so i don't agree with that one at all i i think that's kind of cool actually i know someone that has the plate superman sp s-p-r-m-a-n superman it's pretty cool is that not more confusing to be behind and try and remembering the letters because there's leaving out vowels and stuff i think so um anxious a-n-x number one o-u-5 but it looks like anxious not allowed game over g4 numeral four m3 OV3R. So every time you got the A's or the E's, it's the numbers that are filling. But your eyes look and you go, I get that one. So it's um, starting to it's starting to sound like by what you're saying, it's it's if you have the original um, vanity plate that's game over, and maybe it's uh, G A M O V R. Maybe that is more. Maybe acceptable. that's allowed. It's it, it's the way that they're starting to put in numbers to replace vowels and all that. Maybe it's not necessarily yeah, to do with the messaging. How simplistic are we? Here's one that was rejected. Tie cats with the A taken out and a number four that kind of looks like an A in a certain way. I mean, your brain can function, figure out what it's saying. But tie cats was not allowed with the number four as the A. Uh, a couple more here because we're short on time. Almost anything that's got any religious connotation. And so I understand what some people will say. Well, we don't want to you know, have people lobbying for religions or creating religious strife or something. It's like, okay, I get that. But here are two of them that were rejected. One of them was Luke 1827. And you say, all right, well, we're not going to let Luke 18. What does Luke 1827 say? What is impossible with man is possible with God. I can't think that there's anybody that would be offended by that. It's, it's not a, that's not a, fire and brimstone kind of thing. And Mark 9, 23, everything is possible for he who, for one who believes again. Yeah, I mean, but you know what you have, you have too many people out there that just don't read, don't believe. And I can, I can understand how it's because then all of a sudden, if you start to allow, once you start to allow religious ones, then you have to let open up all religions. And that yeah. could really open up a, a can of worms, right? So I yeah. get why you don't want any religious ones at all. I don't know. It seems pretty benign. Altar boy, not allowed in, um, which again, I don't, uh, I don't see. And okay. Boomer is not allowed as a license. No, no plate, okay. Which... Boomer. What about no boom? <laughs> uh, here's a complete, here's a complete list. I mean, we've just scratched the surface. I can't even, there's, there's hundreds, it seems of them that are not allowed to be done. And yeah. I got to tell you, some of them don't even make sense as I'm scrolling through. And I'm sure um, every province has probably a different list and so on and so forth. You've heard about the guy out in Nova Scotia who's having his vanity plate denied and it's, it's his last name. It's his name. It's the, yeah. It's the spelling of it. And, and yeah, his, it, his last name is grabber G A G R A B H E R. And they thought it meant grab her like some sort of sexual assault. And he's like, no, that's my name. But I'm sure 99% of the people driving by him would think the same thing, that it is representing grabbing a female. And I can get how that one is not allowed at all. I get it. Well, years and years ago. Why would ago, you even want that on your car? Because it's his name. 
You can, but you can imagine the looks you're going to get. You can imagine the, 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 you know, your car might be keyed. Like, do you want to really bring that type of attention to yourself and have to worry about it every time you get in your car that you have to what? explain what your license plate means? Like, that's I'm sure he's lived with. One. I'm, I'm sure he's lived with that all of his life. Listen, when I was much younger, uh, in university. I toyed with the idea of getting a personalized plate and what I was going to get back then. I was a huge Los Angeles Lakers fan when magic Johnson was playing for the Lakers. And I thought I was going to get L K R F A N because back then you could only have six letters or numbers, not eight, like, or whatever it is now. And as I was about to go do it and spend the money, which, you know, thankfully I didn't, I realized you know what? Someone is going to go by. Some cop is going to be pulling up behind me thinking that says liquor fan. Like I'm a lush who's driving my car boozed up all the time. And I went, yeah, not going to do it. But so if I had though, who cares if it means something else to me, it's a personalized license plate. Who cares? It's a personalized license plate, but you have to remember who you might be offending. And I've learned something that I, I didn't realize you were a Laker fan. And are you still a Laker fan? Uh, I, nah, not so much. I, not you know like what? I, okay. Uh, not like I used to be. I'll, I'll okay. tune in occasionally, but, um, fair enough. Fair enough. But no, I, I, again, I think you have to be very cautious. I would never want a personal, a vanity plate. I just, I, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're calling out for attention, whether it be good or bad. I like to keep low key, just mix me in with all the other letters and numbers out there. And, uh, I don't need to be sticking out like a sore thumb. I want you to get the cheapest jalopy that's broken down and rusty and get fortune put on it. You know, my, my, my parents <laughs> had one for a while. It was B four T U N E B fortune. Well, see, there you go. There you go. Mike fortune. Always appreciate you coming on. Thanks for doing this today. Thank you always for thinking on me. And it's a pleasure to be on to entertain your listeners. Uh, you and the family look after yourself and be safe. My man. Have a great weekend. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.